I'm just so, so grateful for Chuck and Hannah being here tonight. Um, they just have the most incredible hearts, um, which I think is uh, even like just as important and um, powerful as their, their healing stories. Um, and so they, they founded the Living Hope Cancer Foundation, which is an absolute labor of love and faith and uh, to help people with cancer um, overcome what they have overcome and are, are uh, thriving through. So um, thank you so much for being here. My, my brother and sister, would you like to start with, uh, well, first Chuck had, was diagnosed with cancer. So how did cancer enter into your lives? Well, in um, 2015, I was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer, and I was told by a team of doctors that I had three months to live. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot more to this story, um, and I think that's why I ended up writing the book because there was just so much that I kept skipping over, and people were like, "What about this? And what about that?" But um, you know, I started getting sick, and I was managing it with aspirin, and then the last couple of weeks, the aspirin wasn't working. I was pretty much um, um, took my boys out to eat on Friday night, um, got home, watched a movie, couldn't get comfortable on a couch, on the chair with pillows. And when my boys went to bed, I went to the, the nearest emergency room here in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, they started running some scans and some x-rays and stuff to try to figure out what was going on and why I was having so much pain in my back. And the fastest thing that comes back is just a regular x-ray. And the x-ray and the doctor came in and says, um, this is interesting. You got two fractured vertebrae in your back. And I'm like, what do you, what do you, wait a minute. What do you mean? How, how does a person walk around with a broken back, let alone, how did it happen? I haven't fallen or anything. Right. And so, um, she said, well, it's pretty common. So there's going to be, you know, more scans coming back and I don't want to, I don't want to mislead you. So we're going to wait till the rest of the scans come back. So at five in the morning, I had an emergency room doctor walk in, shut the door and sit down with me and look at me in the face and say, I got bad news. It's all cancer related. And you guys can imagine um, what starts going through your mind. Um, what kind of cancer? How bad is it? What's this mean? The, you know, the next thing that comes with the word cancer is, um, you know, uh, is this a short journey? You know, so basically um, the, the doctors brought in some specialists. The specialists started getting into the biopsies, the bone marrow, lymph nodes. I got to go home for three days. Um, everybody knew I had cancer. I started letting people know I had cancer. just didn't know how bad it was. And after I got called in in three days to go into the doctor's office, shut the door, and he looked at me and he says, I, I don't know how you're walking around. He says, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. The scans came back. Uh, the biopsies came back that – um, first of all, it was so bad, we couldn't find out where the origination was, where the cancer actually started, because there's so much of it in your body. Mm. And he says, um, it got in your bone marrow, and the bone marrow carried it all over your body, and you got cancer in 90% of your bones in your body. 90% of the bones in your body. That's why he was sitting there looking at me like, how are you even, how did you even walk in here just now? And uh, he says, um, you're at stage four. He says, you got about three months to live. Go home and spend time with your family. And so I went home, head spinning, had to tell my two high school boys that I was diagnosed, or they knew it was cancer, but that, you know, their dad was very sick, and they told me I had three months to live. It was a, it was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare, emotional, head spinning, confusing, shock, um, everything, confusion. 
So what happened was I said, um, if I've only got three months to live, I'm going back to Ohio and spend time with the people I love. My family's all in Columbus, Ohio. Um, so I said, I'm gonna go back and hang out with my, my mom and dad and my brothers and sisters. So I said, okay, if I'm moving back, I'm not packing up my stuff, you know, I'm not moving my stuff across the country if I'm melting away. So I gave away everything I owned. And to me, thinking about it now, what a lesson. How important is all these things sitting around us, you know, my leather couches and my flat screen TVs and all this material stuff that I grinded and I worked my tail off and weekends and, and didn't see my family to acquire these things and I'm diagnosed with cancer and this material stuff means absolutely nothing. I gave it all away uh, through the whole week and on Saturday we stayed at a resort here in Phoenix because the next day me and my boys were going to fly out. And that next morning I got up and to go down the hall to go to the bathroom and something popped and I hit the floor. And the only way I can ex uh, describe the pain is um, it, it felt like somebody was stabbing me with a knife in the back and running it up to my head and back anytime I budged, if I budged. Okay, now think about taking a breath. Your whole diaphragm, your whole body moves. I couldn't even take a good breath. I was scared to move. I was there, there 12, 13, 15 minutes waiting for the fire department. Then they had to get me on a gurney. And then they had to get me down some steps. And then they had to get me in an ambulance. And they had to get me out of this little mountainy range over here called uh, uh, Tapatio Cliffs, mm -hmm. a beautiful area, uh, except when you got a broken back. Mm -hmm. So I suffered a spinal collapse. My, my bones were damaged called metastasism. And in the pelvis in the, in the spine was the worst areas. And my spine just got to the place where it said, guess what? I can't, I can't hold you up anymore. And it popped and I hit the floor. So they get me over to another hospital here in Phoenix called John C. Lincoln Hospital. The John C. Lincoln Hospital actually um, started running their own scans and seen my discs from all the other scans I had. And they said, we want to fight this. And I said, okay. I said, well, um, you know, that's a huge change from you know, what I just went through this past week because hospice nurses showed up at my house and were sitting on my living room couch in tears and, and just, just freaking out because of all, I couldn't believe what was going on. I just turned 50. Um, I mean, I was, melt, I was melting away. I, I, was, I, was, um, I was down 35, 40 pounds. My spine collapsed. Other things started shutting down in my body because I was dying. And I was very, very, very pale. And um, if you've ever worked with cancer people, when they start getting that look, it, it just scares me because I've seen it. I, I, I seen it in the mirror. So um, I basically, um, they said, we want to we wanna do a couple surgeries tomorrow and we want to start chemo the next day and try to fight this. And I said, hey, a fight's a fight. Let's go. So I went into uh, two surgeries and they were back to back and I was in, back in the recovery room. And I woke up and I'm watching them getting other people ready for their surgeries. And the two docs came out separately and told me about my surgeries went perfectly. And the nurses brought me water and said, you're going upstairs in a little bit to see your family. <laughs> and as I'm watching everything going on around me, um, I get a chill. And I, 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 it's, it's almost, it wasn't like a normal, like, but I, for my first thought was somebody just opened a door at the end of the room. And um, I, it was a weird bone chill, though. It was like just frigid. I mean, just straight into me. And as I scrunched up and looked around, um, when I looked to the left, I did a double take, and Jesus is standing there right next to me. And I'm just looking at this beautiful brown robe, this white scarf, his beard, his face. 
and I see his right hand reach out and touch me on the shoulder, and he's gone. And, and not for one split second did I ever not think I was in the presence of Jesus. I didn't think it's a doctor, it's a nurse. I was in the presence of Jesus. And then I, I, I don't know if I heard this in my head. I don't know if he said this, but I remembered, I got you. And he was gone. Three seconds, four seconds. So I'm flipping, I'm flipping out. <laughs> oh I mean, I'm, 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 I'm flipping out. You're the, not the first one. <laughs> I get chills when I tell the story. Let's it's that crazy. It's that crazy. Oh and um, I'm thinking, um, is he coming to take me with him? But I'm still here. You know, I'm still laying there. They're getting me ready to go upstairs and see my, my family. And they wheel me upstairs and I tell my family and they're all in tears. Nobody can understand what's going on. And the next day, and if you've been around cancer, cancer people, anybody going through any type of uh, injury, um, that spinal collapse sent me not only on pain meds, but I was on liquid morphine. And if you know anything about liquid morphine, it goes right into the body. And about every three to five hours, I was like, I need something else. And another little shot of liquid, liquid morphine. That's how bad my pain was. Um, I get up the next morning, the nurses come in and they start giving me my drugs. They're like, time for your drugs. Here's your steroids for shrinking the tumors. And here's your bone strengtheners. Now your pain meds are as needed. So on a scale from one to 10, 10 being the worst, how bad your pain right now? And I'm laying on this bed and I hit the button to, to move me up and I've got a brace fitted for me. It's like a turtle thing, plastic thing, but it's got Velcro straps. I strap it on, I sit and look at them and I'm like, I don't feel any pain. <laughs> And they're looking at me like, you just had surgery yesterday. You just suffered a spine, a broken back. Here's the nurse button. Call us as soon as it starts up, and it will, because we don't want it to get too crazy. From that day five years ago to this, this second talking to you guys right now, um, I have never touched another pain bed. <laughs> the pain went away. There's That's no explanation. There's no, a, you know, even if it was just the broken back or if it was, uh, you know, all the, 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 the melting down of the body and the, everything I was going through, um, the pain was excruciating the day before and now I'm not on any pain meds. I took wow. two grocery bags full of pain meds to the fire department near me to dispose of them. Wow. So wow. I, um, I knew something was, something amazing was happening. Mm -hmm. I was in that hospital for 10 days and I already... I started having little conversations. Um, you know, um, I would say uh, I had a spiritual belief, but I wasn't the strongest walking with Christ Christian dude that you ever met, you know. Um, I was not necessarily in church on Sundays, but I did like to go. I loved the message um, when I went. Um, and I'm a hiker, so I wake up on Sunday morning. I might be out the door and out in the mountains somewhere watching the sun come up. Um, so, but I, but I honestly do, I, I believed the entire time that Jesus is the son of God and he was put here to, to save us. I, I did not doubt that. And so at this time I had laying in the bed, looking at the ceiling, what's your plan for me, God, what's your plan for me? Well, we start having conversations and I start hearing things that I just was like, what, what? Um, one morning I got up to walk in the desert right outside the hospital and, um, I asked him, I said, is it, a, is it a long journey, a short journey? And I hear you've wasted so much time in your life and you're going to get it all back little by little. And as you do, I want you to focus on what you're truly passionate about. I was like, what was that? I start having conversations with God and messages from God. And before I left that hospital, I was there for 10 days. In my head, I knew I wasn't going to die of cancer. 
Wow. I still had to go through six months of chemo. I still had to nurse a human body that had melted down. I'm looking at my legs like, whose legs are these? This is not Chuck. You know, this, this is not me. I melted down and um, the spine area, the back didn't hurt where the back broke, but the core area all around it still, I still, um, I still feel it once in a while. On this past couple of days, I, I felt when I got up in the morning, it was just um, reminded me of what happened. So um, I started helping people all over the place um, because of my story. I couldn't, I couldn't shut up about it and um, um, went through six months of chemo. Um, and as I was going through my chemo, the doctors were like, what is going on with you? Never yeah. seen anything like this before in our life. Yeah. Three months. In the you, oh, yeah. I was going to ask you when you were officially declared cancer free. I haven't been. Oh, you have. Okay. No, they won't. They won't. Oh. They, my cancer oh, was so right. bad. My doctor yeah. said, and I said the same thing. I said, okay, is this in remission? Is it cancer free? And my doctor said, I'm sorry. I will never, no doctor will put a label on you. If they look at your, your scans and your tests, no doctor would ever put his name on. I'm a re in remission or cancer free because of how bad it was because of, um, modern medicine and case studies right. and and things mm -hmm. like that they go by a um uh the average guy 50 years old all that stuff but i told my doctor i'm not the average guy so you got <laughs> the wrong dude <laughs> you got the wrong <laughs> dude <laughs> yeah we need to so, find a doctor who will do that and and uh document it you know share yeah it and if not guess what it's a great story because i mountain bike i mud run i surf i do anything i want to do i landscape in 110 degree heat for six hours and i do stuff that probably 99 percent of the people do not do in this world i push myself i i push myself because i ask god hey what what, what am i going to do with this and and he says you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna share your story and you're gonna touch people's lives and so i probably push myself even a little bit more because i want to you know look what you know, I just jumped on a mountain bike and rode 14 miles, you know, something yeah. crazy that most people are like, I can ride probably two, but I'm not doing 14. I want to be that guy that went through stage four cancer and had a miracle happen and prove to people um, that, you know, um, my God is an awesome God, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, so through the six months of chemo, they, they started looking at my numbers. Three months into the chemo, they were already like, um, never seen anything like this before in our lives. Um, your, your, your blood tests are almost like a normal, healthy guy at the end of the six months, they couldn't find wow. cancer cells That's in the incredible. body. Now it's not that they can't say they might be hiding out where that bone was damaged or somewhere in there. So they couldn't find any in the scans, but still they said, you know, it could be hiding out in there. They're very small cells. And if something, you know, um, they stopped my testosterone. One of the, one of the surgeries was stopping my testosterone. If testosterone gets back to these cells, they can start growing again. And to this day, they will not let me take a supplement. They will not let me do any type of, um, you know, hormone therapy. Um, it's just Chuck, <laughs> you know, just just the Holy Spirit, man. I don't need no testosterone if you got what I got rolling, you know. Wow. So, yeah. So, I'll, and I'll add one more part um, of that story uh, was at the end of that six months, um, one of my favorite parts of the story happened. And, um, and this blows me away and I'll tell you what it reminded me of, but they said, we can't find any cancer. And I said, well, I'm going to sign up for a mud run. And I got, I got my mountain bike out and I greased up the chain and my doctor's freaking out like, no, no. 
So they're like, you're going you're down for a uh, bone scan and the bone scan, it's going to tell us your density and you know how, what's going on with your bones. And maybe you can do some things. We don't know yet, but we want to wait till you get the bone scans. So I go down for these bone scans and it's a bone, it's bone cancer specialist and her assistant. They run me through the scans. They're looking at my, um, my, my scans on the screen and they're flipping through the screens and they're talking and they're looking back at me. And then they go, can you see the screen? And I'm like, sure. But I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what this is. It's a skeleton, you know? And they go, well, scoot up here. We want to show you some things. They said your spine and your pelvis was the, the worst areas because what they found out through a lot of the tests was it was prostate cancer. It started my prostate and I let it grow for a long time. I call that the male mentality, you know, um, I'll be okay tomorrow, but yeah. it got worse and worse and worse and worse. So it was prostate cancer and it did start and then it goes towards fed and it went into the pelvis area, went into my spine. They said, let's zoom in on some of these bones and they zoomed in on the bones and they go, they look at me and they go, if we didn't know you, and we didn't see your previous scans, we would think you're an absolute liar. Your bones are perfectly clean. That's incredible. <laughs> Do you have copies of all your scans? Yeah, I have them right here. I mean, I, it's just Simon Med is the, is the organization that does the scans. And then somebody said, hey, they're your scans, so ask for a copy. So every time I left, yeah. it, I need a copy. Oh, it's going to take five minutes. And then they come out with a disc, and they, I've got them right here. It's, yeah. it's insane. You can read what the doctors said as far as the, the, the cancer and 90% of the bones. Some of the stuff's crazy, right? And yeah. I walked out of that office in Tempe, Arizona, and I walked across the parking lot, and all I could hear was Lazarus, come out. Mm. Lazarus, come out. Mm. I, I, was the, I, was, I was the dead guy. I was melting away. I was, I was planning, you know, um, a short journey, and all of a sudden, they can't find any anything wrong with my my bones or anything in my body. It was, mm -hmm. it's so emotional. I still I still get weird about it, but it it was such a life changer um, that I couldn't shut up about it. I don't care if I was at a coffee shop, um, you know, grocery store, gym, anywhere. Um, I I I I made this little. 30 second commercial of my story and I wanted to share it with everybody I could and I started sharing it all over the place and people started calling me I, I, I all of a sudden became the cancer dude you know like on Facebook and on Instagram and all you know everybody around me and if someone was diagnosed with cancer you got to call Chuck so I started getting calls from all over the country and eventually gotten got calls from all over the world I'm getting calls from India South Africa Australia Ireland so it's it's that crazy and so I made a little little card that said cancer coach. I'm like, I'm helping people with cancer. And at first I didn't like it. I said, man, this is tough. I'd hang up the phone after telling my story and tell them a few things that I did to get through their, their, their journey and to help them out. And um, I would hang up the phone and start bawling. I would start crying and I was like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. This is terrible. I'm dealing with cancer people and their families and they're going through pain and, and it's scary. And God just keeps saying, keep going, keep going, keep getting better, keep getting stronger. And yeah. I did. And I did. And so um, another thing, so what you know, was it that, what was it that gave you the strength, your, your faith in God and God gave you the strength or the, 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 the most human, you know, just like Jesus walking the face of the earth and doing miracles so that humans will believe. Because you sit there and you hear a story, and you know, that's a pretty good story, but I don't know. If you see somebody, you know, that was blind their whole life, that couldn't walk, 
that, you know, if you see miracles and then it opens up your eyes, right? Mm -hmm. And when I was going through this journey, I said, God, if you can do that, <laughs> you've got my attention now. You've got my attention. And not only do you have my attention, but I, my whole life, did my own plan. Chuck's plan is pretty good, you know. Made enough money to, you know, raise my kids and have a house and have a car. And then God starts saying, I've got a plan for you that is so amazing, but you got to listen to me. And I said, hey, if you can do this, you've got my attention. You can, I'm going to let God completely orchestrate my life. Okay, so I'm I'm putting my faith to the test. Mm. And I'm not kidding you, the most amazing, beautiful things started to happen. The most amazing, beautiful people walked in my path. The most amazing, beautiful things happened almost daily. And when the first few months up to the first year, I would go home and I'd get ready for bed and go, Can you believe what happened to me today? <laughs> and yeah. now it happens to us all the time. We say it to each other. We don't even question it. It's God's plan. Yeah. It's God's plan. Yeah. yeah. So that's amazing. So my how cousin, did, go ahead. Oh, I was, um, how did, when did Hannah come into the picture? Yep. Late last summer. So late last <laughs> summer. My, my, and here, I'm going to let her talk if she wants to talk, but she's going through her cancer spread just recently in the last three months. And, it, and, and the nodes paralyzed 50% of her vocal cord. So her voice is softer, and in the morning it's not too bad, but as the day progresses, it gets a little bit softer. So I'm going to let her talk a little bit, but my cousin told me that she had a friend that had stage 4 breast cancer that was living with it, doing pretty good, and also writing a book, and was trying to learn how to self-publish a book. And my story got so crazy over the last couple of years that I wrote a book called Hi, I'm Chuck, and it's out on Amazon. And I said, I'd love to help her. You know, I wanted, when we met, um, it just... It was, it was, it was another, it was one of those blessings that God had planned for me um, when I got my stuff together. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, that person that my cousin introduced me to is now my wife. And I'm going to let her talk as long as you want to talk and just tell me okay. if you want me to take over. Well, I want to tell you that we got married January 1st. So that way you're not wondering Yay. the whole time um, this past January. So we've been married for almost eight months. Wow. Can I tell them about before the marriage? Sure. So we met, we started having coffee, mm -hmm. and I was just listening to her story and just looking at her glow and her smile, and I was like, I am completely falling in love with this girl because I'm building a ministry now. I'm building a ministry, and my dating over the last couple of years hadn't been too good. Um, you got to find somebody that is running towards God, or it doesn't, it's, it's hard, it's hard, mm -hmm. it's tough to make it work. And I meet this girl that's running towards God like I am, and I'm blown away, right? And so um, I had a landscaping business, and so I was still taking uh, landscaping jobs, but I started advertising for landscaping jobs around where she lived. And then she would, I would come over and 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 have dinner, and and I'd say, well, I'm gonna go back to Gilbert, which is 45 minutes from here. She goes, well, you can stay here, just so you know one thing, this is my room, that's your couch. <laughs> She said, are you, are you clear? And, 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 and until we're married, that's my room, that's your couch. And I said, absolutely. And for three months, I slept on her couch. Yeah, we have, we have, I had my two sons living at the time, and then one of them moved out. But, um, yeah, so we always had, you know, people in the house. <laughs> that's awesome. But, you know, would it be, would it be really, you know, um, um, you know, 
just walking in our faith if if we were you know dishonest you know with with each other or with people around us mm -hmm. and um i you know we we a lot of times we don't know why things happen like sleeping on a couch but mm -hmm. to tell a group that mm -hmm. maybe some younger people um that are sitting there like you what <laughs> you know <laughs> i slept on her couch for three months i was i i i just promised that. He likes to say he kept the honey for the honeymoon. I saved the honey for the honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we got married January 1st. Hannah wanted to start the year out, which was a blessing because of, you know, one too many months after that, that coronavirus started. Yeah. What we yeah. were thinking maybe March. I'm glad she said January 1st because um, it's it started us down that road. Yeah, so, he didn't really ahead. like the couch very much for three months. Could you imagine five months? back <laughs> So my cancer journey starts four years ago next month. Um, I actually was 2016. Um, the beginning of the year, my husband of almost over a little over 21 years just dropped the bomb that he was leaving me. Um, and I had four sons at the time that are all teenagers. Um, and it just shocked me and I literally wept for three months. We didn't have a great marriage, but it was like such a shock for me that I never saw it coming. And um, so I literally cried for three months and then I found a lump and I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a nurse by profession. And I was like, it's probably just a cyst. I'm gonna sit on it for a little while and see what's gonna go on if it goes away. And it didn't go away and, you know, just get that nagging thought, like I've gotta get this checked out. So I did, it took, it took a little while to be seen. And um, I finally did and got diagnosed in August. Um, and then it started moving pretty fast. So I diagnosed stage three breast cancer. At the time it was triple positive. And if you don't know, breast cancer has a couple of different variations and it changes your treatment. Um, so at the time I decided just to do surgery and, and not do chemo and radiation. Um, I'm really crunchy by nature. I uh, mm -hmm. love to avoid medication as much as possible. And, you know, I'd been like eating organically and exercising and pretty much like learning how to do that in Phoenix is a whole other story, but um, mm -hmm. I was pretty active. So like I had a healthy lifestyle for the most part. And so everybody, when they found out were like completely shocked that I even had cancer because they would be the last person they thought of. Um, yeah. So in October I had my surgery and my divorce went through in September. So October I had my surgery and I had to go back to work because I had to support the kids. In November and so I got offered a full-time job at my surgery center that I was working at um, so a year about a year later so I was doing some natural um, high vitamin therapy just to support my immune system and about a year later all of a sudden I had a scan and all of a sudden everything just like blew up where it was a whole bunch of nodes in my chest and in my lungs so then I got diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer um, went on a different medication. It was an oral pill because my cancer changed again. Um, so I was eligible to take an oral medication, which I was on for about two and a half years. So I was stable. Sometimes I had no disease and sometimes was just stayed stable, um, which apparently is the goal of doctors. <laughs> they don't want to cure you. They want to, you know, just keep, keep you, you alive. More months That's or basically it. Yeah. As long as they can extend your life. So I kind of had that mindset, like, I'm just going to try to stay alive as long as possible, live the best, you know, healthiest lifestyle I can. During that time, my best friend also took her life. Um, it was about a year after I got diagnosed. 
I was in another relationship with a man and he just dropped me <laughs> like a hot potato. So I had a lot of loss in about a two and a half year time span that really undid me. And your job. Yeah, and my job, lost my job. Well, her, she was going through cancer, cancer yeah. treatment. So um, she got tired, you know, she's an operating room nurse and they work long hours. Yeah. And the and the and the treatment caught up with her, and um, she just couldn't do it anymore. So, the reason why I'm jumping in here is because this uh, this this is this is the mind-boggling thing that blew me away when I met this young lady. She told me of five huge losses, huge losses, and I'm sitting there looking at her, and I said, "Let me tell you something." I said, "I deal I deal with cancer people every day." And once you start chatting with them, you know, hey, Chuck, I went through a nasty divorce a couple years ago. I didn't see coming. Um, I lost, you know, my husband, my wife, my mom, somebody that was so dear to me that I still am not over it. I deal with people and they tell me maybe one or two things that hit that hit them in their life that got them so far off track that they may never, ever get back to where they started. The reason why this is very important and I, I it because it boggles my mind. I meet her and Hannah's got a smile and Hannah's got a glow and Hannah's beautiful and other people see it too. They tell us when she walks into church, when she walks, man, Hannah's got this glow. And I'm watching her and I told her, I said, how do you do it? How do you go through five of the most ridiculous challenges in your life and still have a smile and a glow? And she said, Every time something happened, I got closer and closer to Jesus. I said, you are, I, I love you. Will you marry me? <laughs> you did. You asked me a few times before we met in person. Oh, yes. my goodness. Which is really fun. Yes. Wow. Well, and, so, I mean, but think about it, you know. I mean, I mean that that is like, wow. You know, her her walk, her walk, which when she walked into places, they said she had a glow. And one of her best friends said, I wish I could be like you. You wear your faith like skin. You just see it. Became the title of her book, which is the shirt she's got on right now. That is so awesome. Faith like skin. Awesome. Think about it, guys. How many of us want – look at that. Yes. And that, that's so cool. Hi, I'm Chuck. There's me and my boys. It's really easy to remember. That, I did a speaking event for American Cancer Society. And my sash says um, uh, survivor, and my two boys, Chucky and Dante, have on caregiver. Oh, and I wanted—I love the picture so much. I said I want that to be on the cover mm -hmm. of my book. Mm -hmm. And then on the back, I'm doing a speaking event at a church in Huntington Beach, oh, awesome. and my dog is right there. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. That's so, so cute. That's the back of my book. That and, and me, this is before Hannah. I wrote my book and published yeah. it. So it was—it was me and my boys and, and my dog Jax. Yeah, and it's um, funny because my picture is from our honeymoon. That actually, and that I took this is picture. So beautiful. I took this picture oh my. of Hannah. Back when I had hair. And, and then we kept just, we love it so much that when the cover design started coming out, we used that picture. Yeah. yeah. That is so cool. So, yeah, so kind of interestingly, it. like, you know, we kind of had the story together. Like, you know, in January, we came home from our honeymoon, had a lot of discussions because we saw each other all day, every day before we got married even. And um, so we kind of both crafted our story together. And then there's more that happened, which we'll talk about after that in January. But um, I wanted to talk about my story still that like the last 12 weeks have been 
so different for me. Like there's been so much change starting with a broken neck. So like mm -hmm. when he's talking about, you know, somebody stabbing him in the back, my neck broke because I had a tumor in my C6. Right. And, and just so everybody so, knows her so cancer pain. started spreading again three months ago. Yeah. So that's what she's talking about now. The change. So we were jamming. We were biking. We were hiking. We were enjoying life, you know, walking on the beach. And all of a sudden, uh, this pain in the neck got worse and her scans came back that the cancer had spread. Yeah, so it was in April. And this then, is just recently. Yeah. So I was, I had so much pain. I was throwing up from it, like just violently throwing up from the pain. Ended up in the ER with emergency surgery. And uh, you can see my scar, one of many. Yeah. And uh, so they had to put a cage in and fuse my C5 through 7. And because of that surgery where they move your esophagus, I started having some swallowing problems because I had to eat only soft food and just changes a lot of stuff there. And then because they took the tumor out and died, they like biopsied it, it changed the cancer again. It changed, which is really rare. This is the third time. So yeah. it changed my treatment plan again. And the only thing they could do was chemo radiation. Like there was no other treatment for it. They were freaking out. They were scared. And they, they were said, yeah. let's throw everything we can at this because of the, it just went to triple negative breast cancer. So, mm. you know, I, I know the statistics. I like to believe I'm not a statistic. I don't live that way. Absolutely. But it did like go, okay, I have to do this. Like, I don't feel like at some level, I don't have a choice. It's really fast growing. Um, and there was also a, a tumor pressing on my pulmonary artery and airway, which was causing my heart rate to spike just walking. It would be 120. I'm still, I level out, like it's 118 right now, just sitting here talking to you. Um, that's kind of my normal now, which is kind of crazy. It's crazy. Um, but I would, I would have such airway problems that I'd double over walking. So I had to do something. Um, and then the other thing is I started losing my voice earlier on in February. It was like the first sign, but... Um, we just didn't know what it was. So we went to a lot of doctors before I finally got insisted on a CAT scan and had the results to tell me there's stuff going on. So yeah, they kind of threw everything at me once and normally you don't do chemo and radiation at the same time and they were like, just start everything at once. And so the radiation on my chest actually burned my esophagus, gave me really bad ulcerations. It took me about three weeks in and out of ERs and hospitals she to finally convince them that I really couldn't eat and swallow food properly. There was something going on and they finally figured it out. And I had to get a feeding tube seven weeks ago. They put a feeding tube in through her belly because she got to the point where she couldn't even swallow her own saliva. It burned that bad. And they put a feeding tube in through her stomach. And at that point, she was down 26 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching my wife sitting next to me, mm -hmm. a guy who is around cancer people every day and understands this completely, watching my wife melt and I was a mess mm -hmm. <laughs> I was a mess mm -hmm. and uh, they put the feeding tube in and it took about two weeks her body started regulating mm -hmm. um, taking in the in the nutrients and she gained one pound and I went crazy <laughs> oh, <laughs> ah, I put a I put a post on Facebook Hannah gained one pound you know it was, oh, it was wow. everybody went oh, crazy so happy. we had so many people supporting us it's, it's amazing yeah. he's got a huge like 5,000 followers and then I have all my friends and family and yeah. um so just the amount of support was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, but thankfully, Feeding Tube, we named it Tubi, came out yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. I'm just learning what it's I can amazing. eat. You know, just being smart about it. I would say, yeah. I would say that, um, you know, a lot of times when we're going through really tough things in our life, 
we we just are like god where are you well this is part of god's plan this is part of god's plan so um we meet and we sit down and put our well, i mean we got married and we put our desks together and we started our nonprofit living hope cancer foundation well we, we had we had already had a couple thousand you know thousand people five thousand on my personal page um people following us started coming in from different places and stuff then we started doing these little live coffee chats on Friday to talk about cancer and how scary it can be and then give people like the get off the ledge type thing and even some juicing recipes and essential oils and prayer. And we, we talked about everything, right? Well, we were so excited because after a few of them, the first one I think was like five or 600 people. And then they started going to like 15, 1200 and then 1500. They got to like 2,000. We were going crazy. Like, wow, we got 2,000 people <laughs> watching our live, right? Yeah. So this is interesting how God works because then um, the coronavirus starts and everybody's stuck at home. Mm -hmm. Then Hannah's cancer starts spreading and we're, we're totally transparent so that this can help anybody watching it, right? Mm -hmm. And our little crazy lives went to 12,000 people mm -hmm. watching them. Um, when we do them, when we don't do them every Friday, like we'd used to, but about every two weeks we do one mm -hmm. and you get 11 or 12,000 people watching our lives. It's, it's that crazy. And that, mm -hmm. that kind of reminds me of, um, you know, they closed down all the churches because of, of mm -hmm. coronavirus and, <laughs> and the, I know pastors all over this country and they're like, you know, Chuck, um, I had 500 people coming to church on Sunday and now I have 5,000 watching my mm -hmm. live on YouTube on Sunday. You know, I mean, from yeah. 500 to 5,000. And that's what I think, you know, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing with us. Yeah. Part of this God's plan, you know, some yeah. of the bigger churches, you know, I'm a big fan of Steve Furtick. And so um, his church elevate out there, North Carolina went from a couple thousand people to like 30,000 around the country watching mm -hmm. or around the world, watching his lives. Mm -hmm. And same thing happened to us from a couple thousand to thousands. Um, and, and then, and then when Hannah's cancer started spreading, the number of people <laughs> watching this girl and praying for her is astronomical mm -hmm. right now, right now. Mm -hmm. um, just unbelievable. So beautiful. It's so amazing. Mm -hmm. And if you believe in the power of prayer, imagine if there's a huge army praying for mm -hmm. you. That's mm -hmm. what we have right now. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty humbling. It's really phenomenal. And that's church to me. You know, it's like people gathering to, yeah bring each yeah. other before God's throne. It's really amazing. So that's been just trying to also live transparently while I'm going through this. Um, I didn't like, you know, show every little detail, but that is something that we've been trying to do. And it's been interesting because we even videoed me shaving my head, him shaving my head and me shaving his. Um, and seeing how people responded to that. And like, that's really where people started to really follow along, I feel like. I did a no. little time lapse. I set up the camera and did a time lapse. I shaved her head and then she shaved mine. So a time lapse crunches oh. together. So it took like 25 seconds, you know, zipping <laughs> around and shaved. And then we yeah. gave a hug at the end. Oh. And I put it on on a couple of different social medias and there was like 8,000 people watched it. And we were like, Whoa, that was what? the first wow. time we had like, That's amazing. And we were like, okay, this, this yeah. we need to be real. Like through yeah. this, it's okay to cry. You know, and like let people feel the emotion, and because I think that's so important. You can't go around pain; you have to go through it. And for us, going through it is with God, and He's given each other, you know, in our lives to go through this stuff. 
you know, to hold each other's hand. And um, yeah, so that's been like really neat to do that out loud. Like I want to live my faith out loud in front of people. And it doesn't mean it's easy every day. It's hard. Like I've never been through so much physical pain as I did when I was going through the, especially the esophagus stuff. And it brought me really low. I know I was sharing with you this with you this morning when we talked a little bit. But like God taught me how to praise him. And it, like when I started thanking him for all the other things I had, it totally mm. changed my whole emotion and my heart and the way I looked at life. So I'm learning a lot of lessons. Mm. Like I thought I had a lot of loss already, but now I'm like, yeah. you know, I've lost the ability to sing. That's my favorite thing in the world. Mm. And food, like I'm a foodie. I used to have a food mm. blog and I have a food Instagram page and you know, that's my real big thing that I just, she just went seven so weeks much. where she couldn't enjoy food. Um, yeah. it, it's just, uh, it's these challenges and, and, and we, we know that, um, God doesn't waste any of this pain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is for a specific reason. And so, um, you know, that's why we live it transparently and we want people to watch us. Um, and, um, we already, we know, we know we're influencing a lot of people, um, but um, it's the ones that maybe send a message and maybe I'll mess, we'll message back with them or maybe even on messenger. Now you can hit call and I'll call somebody anywhere in the world. And they're like, is this really Chuck? And I'm like, yeah, we've been chatting and I, I just felt a need to just you know, have a, have a talk with you, you know, and, and help you out a little bit. And, yeah. and um, it's been, it's been really, um, it's been really interesting, but um, you know, I just have to go back to it's completely orchestrated by God, completely. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, you you guys have such a beautiful story, and I'm so grateful that uh, God connect or crossed our paths, and um, that that you guys are doing so wonderfully. And um, I so there's a question on uh, Facebook. Someone is asking. Um, He's asking if you did anything else besides chemotherapy, like diet-wise, supplements, etc. Was it for me? Uh, I think it's. I think it's um, for you, Chuck. But I'll clarify. Yeah. Um, so you know, I started down the regular path because um, you know the, how scary this is, and the doctors give you a plan, and everybody uh, leans into that plan. And I was the mm-hmm. same way, um, at least for the first few days, um, until God stepped in and said, "Hey." I got this, you know, I got this. Um, but um, what happened was um, um, I started on bone strengtheners. I started on blood thinners. I started on steroids. Uh, my face swelled up like a big balloon. I got some pictures from take, uh, meeting my boys and going out to lunch um, for Father's Day. And I mean, I, I, I looked I looked a mess. And then the, the plan after that was to start down the road with, um, with all the chemo. And so I, I did six months of chemo. And it was really tough because... Um, I felt pretty good. I was starting to walk, you know, in the park. I was swimming a few laps in the pool. I was moving around. I started going to the gym. And even though I couldn't lift much, I would put the pin under one plate. And so um, up until towards the end of the chemo, I was still doing all the drugs because that's the doctor's plan. And I said, okay, how long do I need to stay on this bone strengthener? And my doctor said, the rest of your life. I go, wait a minute. Have you seen the side effects in that thing? I said, I'm not taking that the rest of my life. She's looking at me like, well, you know, then I started finding out through family that was really close and in this whole mix that, you know, Chuck, if she can keep you around another year or two, you know, she's doing a good job and that's her plan. And I said, well, um, I'm not the average dude and I'm going to be around for the next 30 years. 
God told me on one of my walks, I'm not going to die of cancer. Yeah. And so I said, I went back the next visit uh, and got the scan and, and, and she started going through all my meds and I go, take it off. Stop that one. Stop the blood thinner. Stop the bone strengthener. Stop the steroids. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I'm done with them. I'm not, I don't like taking aspirin. I'm not going to take a drug if I don't have to. I took myself off of everything and I don't tell cancer people to do that. That's got to be up to your own, you know, I don't want somebody doing it and calling me going, dude, you told me to stop. And you know, it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. I knew in my head that I was not going to die of cancer and I wasn't going to stay on a bunch of meds um, that were just jacking me up. I wanted to, I, I was swimming 20 laps in the pool and I mean, I'd get out of the pool and the, the, the blood thinners had me all goofy, just walking the path back to the apartment. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was that crazy. So, you know, the thing is when we talk to people about a game plan, mm -hmm. um, I tell them that your doctor's game plan is half and your, and your game plan is half. What that means is if don't rely on just your doctor because it can be disappointing because if you get a scan and you go, Oh, the tumors aren't shrinking. Yeah. Well, it just blew everything out of the water that your doctor gave. Give him 50% okay. and the other half is your is your game plan, mm -hmm. which is prayer and love and juicing and essential oils and exercise and and get off the couch and get up and live and and all those beautiful things. Mm -hmm. Now, now you're starting to engage something in your brain and on one of my walks one morning God said, "I gave you the mechanism in your brain to heal your entire body." You, you people just don't engage it they don't understand they don't know and and what's the toughest group what's the toughest group in the world to teach to turn on a healing mechanism people diagnosed with cancer that are freaking out they're stressed they're right, worried they're, they're they're in a weird place it takes them months to walk talk them off the ledge mm -hmm. um and so you know the thing is if they get into their game plan also and they say we just went through this they wanted to keep they want to give her eight more eight more uh, shots of uh, radiation mm -hmm. in her neck. And we and told I'm already her having swelling problems. And she couldn't like, swallow. And we're happening. like, nope, we're done with that. We, talk, we talked about it one yeah. night and she said, I'm, I'm done with so, that. And I go, I was so convinced like in my heart and my soul, like this is not good for me right now. She wasn't doing bad. She's fighting cancer. Yeah. She's thriving through life, but she wasn't doing bad. And now she's got a feeding tube because of the radiation. We're done with that. Mm -hmm. So, People have to be very intelligent. Ask your doctors tons of questions. Ask people. Get on the support right. groups. Mm -hmm. Get on yeah. the support groups and find out other people that have dealt with things that you're dealing with. Because and there's it's a ton of you. them. <laughs> and yeah, there's yeah. a ton of them. And 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 I remember asking my doctor some questions and and her and she and she went, oh, that's a great question. You know, like I'm not used to people asking me questions. Oh, I'm not used to dudes saying I'm done with my. <laughs> prescription meds yeah. you know i'm gonna stay on this until until maybe the meds or the chemo kills me but not the right. cancer well right. and i'm a really big advocate for people advocating for themselves and mm -hmm. i talk about this in my book that I actually when i was like picking my plastic surgeon or like anytime i switched um because of insurance reasons i had to switch oncologists i was like hi i'm here to interview you i actually like interviewed three <laughs> different doctors and they were like what? <laughs> I you love it. You work yeah. for me. Like I want to. Absolutely. It was interesting. I ended up going back to my original oncologist because he was totally cool with me going to my IVs, and um, like still to this day, he's so like very like I told him I'm just not doing radiation right now, and he's like, okay, like he knew. Uh, yeah. And I'm very open with him about my faith and like 
you know, I'm like, I'm not dying from this, just so you know. And he's like, okay. Yeah. You know, because of because of coronavirus, I can't go in and sit with her yeah. in her in her chemotherapy <laughs> sessions. And then there's the days that the doc comes in and sees her while she's in there. Right. So we FaceTime. Okay. So okay. okay. So we FaceTime. <laughs> she can let the dogs out. So we FaceTime while she's I, I can see her through the window with her doctor sitting there in her radiation in her in her chemo chair. And the doctor's talking to her and she looked at her and she goes, Listen to me. I don't want a prognosis. Mm. I I'm I'm gonna take care of that. You know, mm-hmm. me and my me and my walk with God, we're gonna take care of that. And he goes, okay. he starts laughing, he goes, Okay, okay. And then and, and something that I think about often also, and I and I love this, um, and it goes back to the question that you ask about medications and things like that. I've been on stage talking to big groups of people and tell my story. And it's usually uh, maybe a construction dude that carried around heavy stuff his whole life, and now he's having all kinds of back problems. Or somebody from the gym, you know, they're like, I slipped a disc and I can't even breathe, you know, um, and it's been this way for three months. And they go, what did you do for your back? Wow. I've never done anything for my back. I've never had surgery. Wow. I've never, I've never, no pins, nothing in there to, you know, um, strengthen it. I, I, I was touched by Jesus and I was cured. And then he did yoga and swam. Started doing yoga and swimming and (laughs) taking care of all this human stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Something we both have been working on now too is like we've, I mean, we've been juicing since we met. We just before we met each other, so it's funny. Yeah. But uh, that and exercise, like, which is really cool because I might not go by myself right now, but to go together, it's awesome. So we got a tandem. So I found ways that I could, and like our our big funny story is like he went and got me a wheelchair. So after my next surgery, I had to wear a brace, and I was like, you know, pretty fragile. I like to call myself a bruised banana. So you guys can imagine what we're going through. <laughs> like I said, because I deal with cancer people, I want I'm watching her melt down, and I'm I'm already an emotional mm-hmm. mess. But and she told me she says, hey, we coach people every day, get up and live. And so I'm thinking of things that we can get mm-hmm. up and live. So I borrow a wheelchair from a neighbor and I have it outside and I clean it all up. And I say, come outside. I want to show you something. She comes outside. She looks at the wheelchair and she starts crying. Wow. And then we're both a mess. And I'm like, listen, if you don't get your butt in that wheelchair, how am I going to take you down the street and watch the sunset? How yeah. can we just get out and do things that we normally do? And the first time I got in it, we pushed me like a few feet. I was like, I can't do it. It's still too bumpy for my neck. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I listened to my body the next time, like I started healing and I got more. There's stable. only a couple of times that I actually yeah. pushed her a, a couple miles. But after that, she's like, I want to walk a little bit. And then I put her back in the chair and she, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm pushing so much muscle mass. Hannah in a wheelchair two weeks later, we, we made a plan to go out to Orange County, Southern, Southern California to ride bikes on the beach. So she's like, okay, I got a goal. I need to be riding the bike by the time oh, we get yeah. there. I want to awesome. be able to ride six miles. So that was my goal. Every day I'd add a mile or every two days, depending on time. We set a goal. Yeah. And so she puts a picture on social media. Two weeks ago, I was in a wheelchair and I just rode four miles on this bicycle. Wow. That is that's so amazing. That's what I want to talk about. It's like get up and you lift. have to find... The exercise that works for you, like it's easier for me to bike yeah. than walk, you know. Right. So I kind of intermingle them, so like I keep using all my muscles, but that was the way I could build up my muscle mass faster too. So 
And so, and another thing is people watching this that say, well, that's, you know, you went to the gym and even though you put one plate in, you still were at the gym. I just had surgery. I'm not going to the gym. I deal with a lot of people that had surgery for their cancer. Um, the thing is, we completely understand that and, and moving the exercise, when we say our five rules and we say move the body, it doesn't mean go to the gym. It doesn't mean go to a yoga class. It means move the body. The body, the human body is designed to move and heal. So it might be laying on your living room floor, turning on your laptop or your smart TV and, and just typing in um, a controlled breathing class, a sound healing class, a stretching class. That might be your type of movement for the next couple months until you get to the point where you're like, hey, I feel pretty good today. Yoga for beginners. You know, I mean, mm, it's, a, yeah. it's a gradual thing. And I would never send anybody out there and say, hey, Chuck swam 20 laps in the pool. You should be doing that too. That doesn't make sense because Chuck started out the first week in the pool just getting in and it felt so good because it was taking the weight off of my body and moving my arms and move, move, moving around and going – man, I wonder if I could swim a lap. And I made it a lap and I celebrated. And by the end of that week, I was swimming 10 laps. And the end of the next week, I was up to 20 laps a day. Baby steps, everything, baby yeah. steps. Yeah, for me, like I couldn't move my neck because I had neck surgery, but I like looking at my chicken legs, I was yeah. like, I can lift my legs up and start flexing. And like, I just worked my way up, you know? So before I even went outside to walk, I was doing those things just to strengthen my muscles and get them moving again. And so you have to build up and you have to set goals. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh my gosh. Um, people are loving uh, your, your stories um, on Facebook. And um, uh, the question about the supplements was for both of you. So um, Hannah, you said you did, well, this was, you know, did beforehand I mean, you did the. Yeah, vitamin. I used to do IV. Now I don't do vitamin C, but I still have my IV girl come once a week and she does like other stuff that does not interfere with chemo so it's like usually minerals or one thing i take is alpha-lipoic acid because that helps avoid helps you um, not get neuropathy mm. so that's one of the side effects that i could potentially get with chemo mm -hmm. so there's just stuff i do just to add extra into mm. my life <laughs> and if you guys are around anybody that's been around cancer my chemo kicked my butt I mean, I would go in there and get a chemo treatment, three hours of drip into my port, little guy that's no longer there, it's just a scar. Um, but I'd go in and get my three hours of drip. And then I would um, go home and the next day, and maybe two days, make dinner for my boys, do a few things around the house. And by the third day, I couldn't even get out of bed. I'm not kidding you. I have my, my walking shoes and they're no tie, just slip in and go by my bed. I put them on and I... Sometimes I didn't make it to the doorway. I made. I got wow. back to the bed and slept for five hours. My chemo kicked my butt. And I know there's a lot of different chemos. I know there's a lot of different body makeups. So a lot of people ask me about chemo and I said, I don't know, but I do want to talk to you the day after, three days after, five days after, because then we, I can relate to what you're going through. And I love it when I, you know, I talk to somebody or I love it when my wife is going through chemo it looks this darn good <laughs> while she's going through chemo yeah. right now, right yeah. now, Make right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I mean, my chemo doesn't make me nauseous. It makes other people nauseous. It doesn't make me nauseous. And I, right now, like day two and a little bit day three, I have no energy, but I still do stuff. I just like, I feel sapped. She says but a little bit sleep. of energy drain. I don't, you know, I'm go, tired. I'll clean the house. I'll do dishes. I'll yeah. cook dinner. But 
I mean, she's still a rock star. We do a lot together. <laughs> I get on the grill. <laughs> yeah. That's so I'm learning my limits. And it's just, you know, as I'm on it longer, like I'm in my third cycle now. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah. I do live one day at a time. And just, you know, just to talk about faith again, you know, um, mm -hmm. like I said, I know a lot about cancer. I've been around it for the last five years. I work with a lot yeah. of people all over the world. I'm watching my wife melt down. You know, and you start thinking about it, you know, what if this is a short journey for Hannah? And I was a mess. I was an absolute mess. And she had her faith like skin. <laughs> and I'm watching her and I'm talking to God. And I said, it's an absolute complete test of my faith to have trust in him, his plan for her. And we we're, we we live we went to california last week we went to flag we went to flagstaff and and um and played you know got out of the heat we we go up we i i encourage people going through cancer and other challenges in their life don't cancel that vacation you had planned yeah. you know this month next month do things do things mm -hmm. because um one of the stories i love to tell to um my cancer people are is the is the, the stories that i've heard so many times I'm, I'm not kidding if I probably heard this 50 times now. Hey, Chuck, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, I was told I had a year to live 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Think about it, guys. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, and everybody that shuts down and stays on the couch or in their yeah. bed and decides not to get up and live and to, to, to melt away, <laughs> um, the thing is, you know, what we don't know God's plan. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, um, we were talking about, modern medicine and and the doctors and you know not giving them everything because in case you know it's the chemo is not working or the radiation is not working and it's still spreading you can't you can't give them that 50 you gotta give them 50 percent give yourself 50 percent and the, that part of that 50 that 50 percent starts with prayer mm -hmm. it starts with prayer and i'm telling you Absolutely. what for anybody watching this or anybody that might see this over the next couple months i'm not kidding you guys there it's tough it's tough to go through a challenge like cancer it's tough to go through a challenge like coronavirus mm -hmm. what's going to happen out there should i wear my mask should i not can i go out of the house it's tough to go through these things without faith i don't know how people do it what do you do when you're laying in a hospital bed looking at the ceiling and you're down 40 pounds and you know you know god brought us into this world god takes us out he is completely in control mm -hmm. It's a complete Amen. test of your faith. Amen. Yeah, well, that's a great way to to end it. Um, I want to be respectful of your time and just thank you so much. Um, you have so much going on, and I'm honored that you took time to be with us tonight. Um, so how can we pray for you? How can people pray for you? Um, of course, uh, complete healing for mm -hmm. Hannah. And also, we continue to pray for guidance uh, with our nonprofit, um, you know, dealing with cancer people and um, ways we've been thinking about maybe a camper van where we could get around the country but not have to sleep at someone's yeah. house, office but we can still wheels. be in their life. Yeah, we call it our office yeah. on wheels. Um, we've had we've had discussions mm -hmm. about our, our bigger goals, which would be um, a cancer camp where cancer people can come to us. And we can coach them on, you know, prayer and living and juicing and all these amazing yeah. things and send them home, you know, with a vision in their head about life after cancer. Mm -hmm. um, but these things cost big bucks. Mm -hmm. 
And so we pray um, for, um, you know, guidance and strength and, and, and let us see your plan and we will continue to go in that direction. Yeah. We so, have a website. I don't know if you can drop a link. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. a great tool that we've built that has a lot of information, ways to reach out to us and just stock full of everything that we talk about. So. Yeah. So it has your books on it, the website. Yep. Yeah, 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 it has our books. Um, the thing about the books, here's the catch, guys. Mm -hmm. If you want a signed copy, okay, which costs like a couple bucks more than a one-off of Amazon, you've got to find us on Messenger. You've got to find us on Facebook. You've got to find us somehow and, and go on Living Hope Cancer Foundation on our on our Email. website. There's a there's a connection there. You've got to contact, contact us and say we want a signed copy because signed copies come from us. We sign them. We drop them in the mail. You get them in a few days. If you go on Amazon, you can definitely get one, um, but it won't have our signature and the fact that God put you in our path, which we absolute love. So, hi, I'm Chuck. Faith Like Skin are on Amazon and on our on our, our website. And like Hannah said, the website's so full of tools and information and amazing things, all based on our personal experiences with cancer. Okay? But I've got a lot of people who don't have cancer that are on there watching things and juicing and, and doing things I've got on there. And they're like, you know what? I don't have cancer and I love following you guys. And what we found out is really that little card that said cancer coach. It's not true. We're just coaches. Yeah. We're just coach, life, life coaches. Coach. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs you guys help yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's easier to prevent cancer than to, to heal from it. Yeah. So we don't want to end up please don't end up in that place where we all ended up <laughs> do what you can to prevent it absolutely so. and, and you know what the thing is also um you know um we helped with another book um i read a little bit oh yes that's another thing i i was thought of and i forgot it yeah go ahead so, so basically, um, a, a close friend of mine, uh, Court Davies, uh, worked on it with a group that um, they came up with a book with um, habits to help you get through your cancer. And it's called One Habit to Beat Cancer. But he got 50 people. And so Hannah, me, and Bailey are all in this book. So that's how we met as I read Bailey's story. And I was like, I want to meet this person uh, because I love her walk and her faith um, through her journey. Um, and so along with the prayer for us and for Hannah's healing and for our organization, I definitely want to add in a prayer for Bailey um, as a young person that's been through challenges, that God has a plan for you that is so beautiful and so amazing that when you look back a year, two years, five years from now, you're going to be like, man, I, I didn't see this coming. And this is what's happening to us. And I, I, see, I see this starting to mature for you as well. And I want to pray for God's plan for you um, to be as beautiful and as amazing and, and is, is a big bless so many people. And the blessings come right back to you, baby. So I want to pray for you as well. Thank you. <laughs> That's so touching. Thank you. Um, yeah. One of my love languages is uh, words of encouragement. So that means that oh, means a great deal for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I love you both and I'm so grateful for you. Um, the world is so, so blessed by you. So uh, keep up your amazing, incredible work and your faith. Um, 
which leads to all those things. And have a beautiful night, and I will, I will see you guys soon. Okay. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do another one of these soon. I love it. Yes, yes, I love, I would love that. And thank all you right. everyone for joining us live, and for those who are watching the recording. Have a blessed day. God bless you all. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Take Bye. care. Love you, Bailey. Love you too. <laughs> bye bye.